0: from Acts chapter 26. I want to read again part of it. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. We're in chapter 26, verse 16. To make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things into which I will appear unto thee. Delivering thee from the people, from the Gentiles unto whom I now send thee, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Not disobedient to the heavenly vision. In Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. When there is no prophet to explain the law, no priest, no Levite to teach the good knowledge of the Lord, no means of grace, the word of the Lord is scarce. In 1 Samuel 3, 1, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days there was no open vision. The Scripture speaks much of visions. In Job twenty verse eight, a vision in the night. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no vision the people perish. Isaiah twenty two one, the valley of vision. Lamentations two nine, the prophets find no vision from the Lord. Joel two twenty eight. The young man shall see visions, the old man dream dreams. Luke twenty four twenty three, a vision of angels. Acts twenty six nineteen. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. The prophet Isaiah had a vision of the coming of the Lord. He said, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. We, we shall see him. There is no beauty that we should desire him. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. All of this hundreds of years before Christ came. Isaiah had a vision. He saw the coming of the Christ. The writer of Proverbs said, Without a vision, the people perish. Matthew Henry has this to say concerning this. Without a vision, the people are made naked. They are stripped of their ornaments. They are exposed to shame. They were stripped of their armor and so exposed to danger. Note how bare... The places where there is no Bible and no minister. The people become an easy prey to the enemy of the souls. Secondly, the people rebel not only against God, but against their leaders and pastors. They become a turbulent and factious people. Thirdly, the people become idle. They play at the game of caring, but their heart is far from it. And fourthly, The people are scattered as sheep having no shepherd. For want is a vision, a word of challenge, a program of outline of the work. And last of all, the people perish. They're destroyed for lack of knowledge. Vance Havner said, the vision must be followed by the venture. It is not enough to stare up the stairway. We must step up the steps. It's not enough just to see a vision... We must go in direct obedience to that vision to do what God wants us to do. This is God's plan and God's will. Paul was given a vision of his work when he first got saved. The vision said you're to turn men from darkness to light. And Paul said I was not disobedient to that heavenly vision. So today I want to lay on our hearts the vision God has given us here at Glendale Baptist Church. Number one, we have a great heritage. We have been saved through grace and faith in Christ. Nothing added, nothing subtracted. We are the people of God. We have come with our sins and our sorrows, our questions, our lack of faith and our faith, and have said, Lord, come into my heart. And Jesus has come into the hearts of our people, and we have had a vision of what God can do when he changed our lives. Can you remember how it was when you first got saved? Do you remember the experience you had, the feeling you had in your heart where you're willing to say, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll say whatever you want me to say. You know, that's the reason you made a public profession of your faith in Christ. Nobody had to make you do that. When you gave your heart to Christ, you knew there were no secret disciples. And so you openly avowed your faith. You came forward in a service somewhere. And you said, I'm trusting Jesus as my Savior. Amen. Maybe you met Christ at a, uh, at a mourner's bench. Maybe you met him on your truck. Maybe you met him in the farm field. Amen. Maybe you met him in your house. But wherever you met him, there soon came the conclusion that you must be an open disciple. You must be a a person who confesses his faith openly. And so you became part of God's church. Did not our hearts burn within us when we gave our hearts to Christ? Was there not a willingness to do or go or say whatever our spiritual leaders led us to say? I remember when I was first saved, I was very timid. And uh, when I gave my heart to Christ, I wanted to go to all the services. It's hard for me and still hard for me to understand why people lose their hunger so quickly. I wanted to go back on Sunday night. Now, my dad wasn't a Christian at that time. He thought it was all folly, foolishness. But somehow he allowed us to go from time to time. I'd go on Sunday night and go early enough to be in training union. There was a lady named Miss Browning who was in charge of our training union department in the junior department. And she saw that I wanted to come. Many times she would come by the house and pick me up and take me to training union. God had put it on her heart how important it was for a new Christian to be in training union. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to win the loss to Christ and then We need to have the vision of seeing them anchored to the rock, geared to the times, knowing the Word of God and studying carefully what God would have us study. My pastor also told us that we need to witness and tell others about Jesus. So I tried to do that. When a person is first saved, he is open to the instruction of those he trusts. And I want to tell you, It's very, very important to follow the leadership of your Sunday school teacher, your pastor, your deacons, people who have spiritual inclination toward you, spiritual authority over you. Give them a proper heeding. Our church has a great heritage. Lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints in the sands of time. I think of Sam Todd, who mortgaged his house that we might have a house to meet in on Jones Avenue. I think of Joe Tao from Allen County, and Joe became our first Sunday school director. I think of Harry Ashby, chief of detectives, and Harry taught a Sunday school class in our junior department, and many times he would bring juveniles into his office and deal with them. And I don't know whether they do that anymore or not, but he would say to them, the sentence I'm going to give you is to come to Sunday school. Be in Sunday school regularly. I'd like for you to be in my class. He brought many people to Sunday school, got them through his class, and saw them get saved. This was because he had a vision of seeing what the need was. I think of Herb Cobb, who was our song leader in the early days, and Harry was also. I think of Lee Kennedy and Geraldine Smith and Ms. J.C. Raglan, Mr. and Ms. E.L. Holmes, many others in our past history of the church who loved the Lord and who set a vision for what God wanted us to do. I'll never forget E.L. Holmes, one of our early deacons, meeting in the old building over here. One day he said to our deacons, I pray the time will come when young people from our church will surrender to the mission field or to serve the Lord. At that time, we had no young people to do that. He said, I look forward to the time when that shall come, and I want to encourage our church to stand behind them financially as well as in prayer and hold the lines and help them go on to school and help them to get out on the mission field. That's been the vision of the Glendale Baptist Church from the early days. Think of the daring faith of our church In days of yesteryear, a bond program, a balloon note of $100,000. We had nowhere to pay it except to turn to the Lord and ask God for his help. Great steps of faith. Now secondly, God has given us a tremendous vision, a vision of four major building programs. Lee Kennedy was on our first building program, first building committee. He was the first one saved in our church. He became a deacon almost immediately and was on the building committee of all the buildings we built and he was on the committee that purchased that property on Cave Mill Road. And Lee Kennedy said, we have finished the vision God gave us, four major buildings at this location, it's time for us to move on and do something else and get bigger, a vision To year after year adopt a tremendous budget that was always bigger than we are. A vision of God supplying every need according to his riches and glory. A vision to begin the bus ministry and to borrow $80,000 to buy 10 new buses. A thing unheard of at that time. We still have the largest bus fleet in South Central Kentucky. That's because of the vision God has given our people. A vision to call out the called. Over 200 of our young people have come to the Lord and served him. I think of Billy and Wilma, the first young man to serve in this work and to surrender his life to preach. I think of Ronnie Hicks and Bill Ricketts, Tack and Lana, 34 years in Japan, Mary Lynn and Eric, translating the scriptures in Panama, Jewel Pruitt from West Main Street, faithful pastor for over 40 years, Kevin Hamm, Jerry Gifford. David Gifford, Jim Gifford, John Chapman, Paul Gordon, Chris Butler, Chris Turpin, Eric Martin, on and on. God has used these because God has given this church a vision to call out the called and to see what God would do in the days ahead. I want to tell you, folks at Glendale, our world is going to be different because of you. Because you have held the line financially. I think of Bob Brown, who directed our college department for many years. Almost all these whose names I've mentioned came through that department. Bob and Sue would often have fellowships at their house. Others have had fellowships at their house. B.C. Wimpy and his wife used to have fellowship after visitation on Thursday night when they lived over on Chestnut. And they would get these young people and encourage them to go on with the Lord. And God has used you You have done it. It hasn't been the preacher. God has used you to hold the line financially, to hold the line in prayer, to say to them, let's go. Let's do a great work for God. Now, thirdly, God has promised a glorious vision of tomorrow, the purchase of the royal ranch, where boys and girls have been saved and grown to the Lord. I pray that we'll finish building that tabernacle again. The tabernacle was burned on Halloween two or three years ago. I think of the vision to buy the property at Cave Mill and to pay for it lot by lot. Do you know that place cost $370,000 and we didn't have that money? Where are you going to get it? Somebody said, we can't afford it. Reminds me of the time years and years ago when we had a big fan in the back of that first auditorium. It roared so loud. We didn't have a PA system And I'd have to preach my lungs out to be heard above that fan. I don't know whether you remember that or not. So one day, somebody came up with the idea, let's get an air conditioner. Why, people said in the business, meeting, we can't afford that. We can't afford that. We can't afford that. And we couldn't. But we did it, and God blessed. I remember we didn't have any drinking fountains in this church. And we brought it up in a business meeting. They said, we can't afford it. Lee Kennedy and I went out and got a drinking fountain. And we brought it in. We were going to pay for it ourselves. And the church was so pleased with it, they voted in business session to pay for it. You see, we've never been able to pay for anything. We've never had any money. God has given this church a huge assignment, a church that has never had money, never had enough, and yet God said, do it. And by vision... God has led us to do it. And Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I think of the founding of a Christian school where young people can have the alternative of Christian training from young childhood. And God is blessing in that building, in that work. I think of the vision to build a great building over at Cave Mill Road. And if you passed by there recently, you could not help but be a little bit grateful, a little bit proud to look at that structure. In all of its glory and its beauty and how God is going to use it in the days ahead. I think of the vision to put a sign out there pointing Bowling Green to Jesus. God is going to bless. That's a main thoroughfare. And God is going to use it to His glory and honor. I think of the vision of winning precious people to Jesus Christ. God has given us that vision all through the years. Right over here is sitting Hugh McGuire. He visited our church in 1958. God put him on our hearts, began to visit him. He said, time and time again, I'm not ready. I don't understand until one night, just before going fishing, tears came in his eyes, and he said, I'm ready. Next Sunday, he made a public profession of his faith in Christ. God has used him as a pillar in our church. In the early days of the chapel at Glendale Chapel, he became one of the leaders there. He and his wife were used by God greatly there. He's an usher today. He's in his 70s, but he keeps on keeping on. Why? Because of the vision this church had to win people to Jesus Christ. We had the funeral of Ralph Guthrie yesterday. Ralph Guthrie moved over on Blake Street in about 1958. His wife began come to church here. She was a great Christian, Maureen. God put him on our hearts. I remember one time we were in a revival meeting in the, in, the, in, the road, in, the, in the auditorium back there, the flat roof auditorium. And a group of deacons were meeting downstairs and every night we prayed for God to touch Ralph Guthrie. Amen. One night Ralph came to the service. What a blessing. He came to me and he said, you know what? He said, you must have been praying for me. Of course, all of us had been. He said, I was out in the truck. He was a surveyor. Highway department. He worked on the highway department for over 44 years. He surveyed and helped build I-65. And Ralph said, you must have been praying for me. I was out in my truck today, and suddenly there came an awareness that I needed Jesus. He said, I pulled over to the side of the road and asked Jesus to come into my heart, and God saved me. He made a confession of his faith that night. And Ralph became a great witness for the Lord. I remember many times standing at this altar, I'd call him to pray. And he'd pray that the Holy Spirit would move in the service. God took Maureen to the Lord in 1979. Just this past week, Ralph was called home at the age of 85. You see, God has used you. God has used you. Brother Lloyd sang to us a while ago, So little time, the harvest will be over. So little time to go and reach them. Oh, had I pleaded more for lost souls to come to Christ. That's the vision God has given us. It's a vision God has given a church with no money. You know why he did that? If we had a whole bunch of wealthy millionaires and they all gave their big bucks to the church, we could say they did it. You know what we have to say all the time? God did it. God did it. God built this auditorium. God built all the four buildings we have here. When we bought that property at Cave Mill, we didn't have any money. We bought it one lot at a time. Now we borrowed the money, but we paid for it, $790 per lot. And many of you bought a lot out there. And we build the building, and we get it ready. There's going to be a little plaque on the wall indicating those who bought plots of ground, lots of ground out there. And you did it, see? God used you. Now God's going to use you to complete the work. This is a big project we're in at the building program. It's a big project, way bigger than we are. Bigger than us, our little congregation. Who's going to do it? You and I. We're going to say, Lord, here am I. Use me. Send me. Use me. And God will use us because he's given us a vision. And we'll be able to say with the apostle Paul, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. But I did what God told me to do. I went on serving the Lord and serving for his glory. I think of the vision to stay by the Bible. It hasn't been easy. There was a time when the Southern Baptist Convention had drifted into liberalism. Now, most of the church people, individual church people, didn't realize that. Their leaders had to know it. It had drifted into liberalism. We were denying the Bible, doubting the Bible, questioning the Bible, putting a thus saith my mind above thus saith the Lord. You know what Glendale Baptist Church did? Every year we believed the word of God. We believed the inerrancy and the infallibility of the scriptures. And for 20 years we sacrificed to send 10 messengers to the convention to vote conservative issues. And God has brought it back so that today... All of our seminaries are in the hands of conservative trustees, conservative presidents, and our, our institutions are all led by conservative men and women because you have stood by the Bible. You have refused to allow it to become a fading book. you said, I believe it. I'm going to practice it. I'm going to serve the Lord and believe his word, the vision of daring to challenge our people to give God's way. All the years that I've been here, as I mentioned already, we've never had any money. Never. Want to buy a drinking fountain, we can't afford it. Want to buy an air conditioner, we can't afford it. Want a janitor, we can't afford it. Want this, we can't afford it. And you know what happened? A little people of faith said, whether we can afford it or not, we're gonna do it. We're gonna trust God. And God has never one time let us down, not one single time. And He's not about to. God isn't dead. This is God's church. This is God's work. And He's given us a vision of going on and on and on. I think of Columbus sailing across the Atlantic looking for the West Indies. My men grow mutinous day by day, my men grow ghastly, wan, and weak. The stout mate thought of home. A spray of salt wave dashed his swarthy cheek. He said, brave admiral, what shall we say when hope is gone? He said, sail on, sail on and on. The vision is not to be disobeyed. We're to do what God says to do. Now it takes money to do God's work. It takes a lot of money. Where does the money come from? Us. It takes soul winning concern to bring people to Jesus. The month of November is dedicated to stewardship and soul winning. To those who have never professed faith in Christ, I'm praying you'll have a vision of Jesus dying on a cross for your sins. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He was there and the world mocked him. They laughed at him. They said, if you're really the Christ, come down and, and save yourself and us. And Jesus was on that cross. He could have called thousands of angels, but he stayed on the cross to pay the whole penalty for my sins and your sins. You and I deserve death. We deserved hell. We deserve an eternity of hopelessness. But Jesus loved us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And Jesus stayed on the cross. He paid the last, last uh, tear and Drop of blood for our sins. And he died. They took him down. Put him in a grave. But death could not keep its prey. Jesus my Savior. He tore the bars away. Jesus my Lord. Up from the grave he arose. With a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain. And he lives forever. And he'll live in your heart if you'll invite him. Whosoever will may come. Whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. He that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Jesus loves you. And this song said, since we learned it as children, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. This book of God tells us that God so loved the world. He loves you. He loves you. He loves everyone here. He loves little kids. He loves big kids. He loves good kids. He loves bad kids. He loves everyone. And he's willing to save to the uttermost all who will come to God by him. But you have to come. You have to come. And oh, that you would have a vision of seeing your sins forgiven. Your life changed. The blood of Christ applied to your heart so that God no longer sees your wickedness. He no longer sees your sin. But he sees the blood of Christ blotting out all of your sins. And when you come that way, Jesus saves. Amen. Jesus saves. And he'll save you today. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus does save. He has saved to the uttermost all who will come to God by him. And we pray that today someone would come to Christ. And we pray that our church would catch a new vision. Of what God wants us to do. And we'd not be disobedient to that heavenly vision. We'd give God's way. We'd serve God's way. And we'd keep on keeping on until God one day says, that's enough. Come on home. And may we, over in the glory, be able to look back and say with Paul, I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day and not to me only, but unto all those that love His appearing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand, please. What are we singing? 154, Jesus is calling. 154, Jesus is tenderly calling to thee. He's calling you home today. He's calling you away from the sin, away from the wilderness of wandering around looking for some reason to live. He's calling you to the Lord. I want to ask you if you'd come to Christ to say, You may say, well, I didn't prepare to do this. I didn't plan to do anything like that today. Make a difference. If God has spoken to your heart, do what God says. Don't leave this auditorium without faith in Jesus Christ. Come to him today. And if you're a Christian, are you an open Christian? Are you serving him? Are you living where God answers prayer? Are you saved and sure of it? If there's a question in your mind, let's get that settled before you leave today. And as a believer, would you say, Lord, I'm not going to be disobedient to the heavenly vision God has given our church. I'm going to go on and on and on until the Lord takes me home. I will be faithful to him. While we sing, while we pray, do what God tells you to do.